Welcome to Garden DC, a podcast of Washington Gardener magazine, all about gardening in the greater Washington DC and mid-Atlantic area. Your host is Kathy Gents, editor of Washington Gardener magazine. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. week is the Philadelphia Flower Show in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, of course. And this annual event is like Mecca for many gardeners up and down the East Coast. And some come from outside of that area. And I'm talking this morning with Marianne Wilburn, a garden writer out of Loudoun County, Virginia. Hello, Marianne. And hello, Cassie. In the background, are you gardening while we're talking? (laughs) I am. You are so lucky because you caught me as I had just made the vow to leave my (laughs) desk and go out and get some work done on the vegetable beds. So you're going to have to talk to me while I'm doing that. No problem. I have to multitask. So, but it's unusual, right? That this time of year, the week of the flower show, we're actually able in the mid-Atlantic area to go out and garden because some years our, uh, Climate has not been cooperative as this year has. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, was it last? No, it wasn't last year. Year before last, I was at the mm-hmm. show and it was sleeting and snowing and all sorts of nasty. And it was here too. But today I am actually, as we speak, sniffing <laughs> my Edgeworthia Crescenta, which has got to be. The most wonderful hmm. smell of late winter. In the Sounds garden. heavenly. Fantastic. So, um, let's talk it quickly is. Philadelphia Flower Show, and then we'll probably get back to a little bit about what's going on in our gardens. So, this year's theme was okay. Riviera Holiday, a Mediterranean garden theme. Um, so, before you went to the show, what did you think it would be? And then when you got there, what were your expectations met or or exceeded or what did you what was your impression once you got there yeah i think my my expectations were met uh definitely i had it's funny because i had just sort of thought it was a mediterranean theme and not necessarily a riviera theme i wasn't doing my homework properly obviously um, but all year I've been thinking of it as a Mediterranean show, and that is so appealing to me as I live in a stream mm-hmm. valley like a little woodland elf. And I want to have more Mediterranean, uh, or at least mock Mediterranean plants uh, in my garden. So, uh, yeah, it did, it did, um, so it did meet expectations so, yeah, absolutely I what about didn't you going with many expectations for mediterranean or riviera holiday i think i thought there might be a little more con glamour to it. that might have been my only expectation and maybe i was thinking more 
um, big fields of lavender. Not that there wasn't lavender, but I was, yeah, plenty of lavender. No, there was, there was plenty of lavender. I think other than that, I, I tried not, I tried to go in with, you know, open mind and not many expectations. So for me, it was just interesting. And I also think I thought that there would be more Mediterranean, uh, I guess, gardens from not just the French Riviera, but say, you know, a little bit of the Huntington or, you know, California climate, you know, elsewhere that representation of Mediterranean style gardens. Well, that's what I had thought too. But then when I realized mm-hmm. that this was a Riviera theme, obviously that's not gonna, that's not gonna fly. One of the things that I thought was super interesting that I recognized immediately was how those gray foliaged plants that are so typical of Mediterranean climates in those kind of lights in that massive convention center, they really, it's almost like they mm-hmm. soak up that light. And so it, it feels very monochromatic and your eyes really have to adjust because at first it just, it feels a little gray rather than because they would those plants mm-hmm. need that sunlight they look better in that sunlight and that was fascinating to me because it you just sort of mm-hmm. okay i've got to pick out the plants now and um you know once once we were there you're sort of getting used to the lighting and everything and the lighting is mm-hmm. probably exactly the same year to year uh but it's very different looking at say a tropical landscape or um an exhibit versus that gray and and blues yeah. and violet uh, color palette. So that that yeah, was interesting to me. I hadn't even thought about that. There were a few of that. the showcase gardens in the front, front, which were just expanses of silver foliage, basically, or gray or silver foliage plants like Santa. Yeah, exactly. Next to lavenders, yeah. next to all, you know several other herb type plants, and I think. They tried to adjust the lighting as best as possible. You're right that indoor lighting just doesn't do justice <laughs> to to a lot of the Mediterranean plants. And they so there was a lot also It does of, not. I'm just blanking on the name of the the large leafed silver plant that was like the hit at Mance last year. Um the Maryland Angel Wings. Oh, Sinecio, um, Angel Wings. The Sinecio. How can I forget Sinecio? Yeah. So, yeah. the Mid Atlantic yeah. Nursery Trade Show last year, Sinecio was the hot thing, and there there was a lot of use of that. And I think that stood out because it's more on the white silver end of things. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's definitely one, on the yeah, silver side. Yeah, it does take side. some adjustment because it can look like almost no color. Um, one of the exhibits that I thought, I guess it was a demonstration garden of the Odysseus Journey which we use like a white, white sand, salty sand expanse. Do you, re- do you recall that one? Yes, which was, yeah, <laughs> that I reached down to touch it, which yeah. I'm probably highly illegal because um, I just wanted yes, to see that's and went, I oh my it gosh, rock it's rock salt. It was, How but it was clever. the hardest one, I think, to photograph. It just does not show up well. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was impossible. Yeah, it was impossible to photograph. I mean, <laughs> because I'm not Rob Cardillo. So, for listeners, <laughs> for listeners, Rob is a legendary was... uh, Philadelphia area garden photographer, and he he does masterful work. But yeah, I would love to see what, what Rob comes from this. But then uh, there were a few other exhibits that I think actually looked better in the photos afterwards than in person. So it's uh, it's interesting, just like with us human right. beings, some gardens look better in person. 
and some some gardens look better in photos and it's some of us are more photogenic than others right. and it doesn't mean you know we have both of those some some people are lucky to be both how's that and so, and some gardens are lucky to be both yeah no yeah. I, I agree yeah some of them were were um were hard to i don't know to i've found myself in front of other uh, exhibits and designs standing for a longer period of time mm -hmm. and looking at them in great detail. And these I could take mm -hmm. in a little bit quicker, maybe. I don't know if that's unfair. They were great. Um, there were a lot of details in, in some that I, I immediately wrote, you know, took a picture of, wrote down, mm -hmm. I'm going to do this <laughs> at home. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I'm not, the plant palette, uh, did it seem samey to you or? Yeah, I, I think just there is off? a Mediterranean plant palette, you know, a classic one. So they did stick pretty much to that. Yeah. Then there were some, um, demonstration gardens that went a totally different direction. And I was going to come back to what you said about one's things that you thought you would might note and use at home let's let's put a pin in that and come back circle back to that later because we definitely want to talk about that but i wanted to talk about what i thought was the most popular um exhibit on the floor which was the princess grace wedding dress surround surrounded by roses oh just right like, you know just chocked full of beautiful shrub roses and beautiful and you could not get yes. near that garden <laughs> the crowd around it was crazy yeah isn't it mm -hmm. crazy that she inspires that still today hold on i have to i have to yell at my dog Monk, <laughs> come on come on in here okay come on so, that's a boy um mm -hmm. I, and i thought it was so interesting i had brought a, um, a friend up with me and i i thought it was so interesting that in this day and age when Meghan Markle is so mm -hmm. uh, vilified, um, and and everybody not me, hates not me. her. Uh, <laughs> the Brits and the Americans. Okay, I know you don't. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not a massive fan, but uh, Princess Grace just is still. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to use iconic the word for people. Yeah, and yet she did. You know, she she did the exact same thing. Now, many people would say that she did mm -hmm. it very, very differently. And I would be one of those people, but I did think it was, it was just interesting to, to me. Michael. Yeah, uh, I would say because she um, also, well, because yeah. we're, you're looking from a Philadelphia point of view of her because it, she is a mm -hmm. favorite daughter of the city of Philadelphia. Yeah, and you know what? I'm I didn't even realize that because just call me a <laughs> California idiot on that one, but I um I did not mm -hmm. I didn't realize that. Um besides knowing that high society was from <laughs> Philadelphia story. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I mean, uh that's not not that mm -hmm. that has anything to do with it, but um yeah, I didn't realize that. So I learned a little bit on on yep. that particular one, but yeah, it was very cool. That was very well done. I loved the um, the blue bottles that were hanging back in the corner there. I thought that was so gorgeous. That was I will be the, doing that. So that was a recreation home. of ocean um, habitats um, interpreted by floral designers. Yeah. I believe it was AF. AF I can never say their 
letters correctly. AIFD, which I think is American Institute of Floral Designers. I hope I'm saying that correctly. So they uh-huh. um, got some of their best floral designers in, and each of them did elements that would reflect an ocean um, landscape or ocean under the ocean theme. And yeah, I, I believe those blue bottles, it's like uh-huh. hanging blue bottles on chains, I guess, almost like a rain chain, uh-huh. but blue bottles. Yeah. Yeah, they were uh, they were put together mm-hmm. with I think just hemp string. Actually, yeah. I didn't think they were on chains, and I thought it was very effective. Yes, just catching the light, and and you know what, it mm-hmm. looks terrific in a display. You bring that back to my place. We have <laughs> the kind of winds yep. we had two nights ago, and they're all broken, and it's all terrible. So, and actually, that brings me back to a point that I wanted to talk about for a second, and that is. This is a floral show. This is not a garden Mm -hmm. show or even a garden design show, I think, because much of what we're seeing is fantasy in terms of what Mm -hmm. plants can grow together, bloom at the same time, uh, (laughs) handle winds. Well, I mean, that 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 is I mean, that's a a silly part of it. But for instance, one of the. one of the displays, and I, I can't give you the name without looking at my notes, had was just a perfect uh, outside alfresco eating situation. Really, a lot of attention to detail on all of the, mm-hmm. the terracotta, et cetera, et cetera. And then there was this lawn they had put down oh, sod yeah. all the way around that. it yes. yep. to pop the green. And I thought, that's just, I mean, it just wouldn't even survive, yes. much less even be thought of being planted there. And But then I thought, well, why is that bugging me? I have seen uh, hellebores <laughs> blooming with echinacea mm-hmm. at the show before. And you go, yep. yeah, well, it's a floral show. So it's what are they trying to do? You know, what colors are they trying to pull out? And it's important for home gardeners to realize when they're going to see the show that that some of this mm-hmm. is just pure fantasy that it is like a large yeah in some aspects definitely and i would say you know obviously having grape hyacinth muscari blooming next to salvia that's fall blooming for us just not going to happen <laughs> but right in our climate right but exactly up in quebec in zone four and five guess what they can do those <laughs> Yeah, so zone seven right. for us. Yeah, no, but yeah, I disagree partly on that. It's just a flower show because it is Pennsylvania Horticultural Society's biggest fundraiser of the year, and they are trying to push horticultural and gardening knowledge. So you know, in addition to the floral displays and the flower arranging, there's um, my favorite part of the show, and I don't know if this is yours as well, Marianne, which. Um, no, actually, is the horticort the horticort's yours. It's it, this oh, okay. year. It was flipped. The hortic- It was to the back of the horticort, which is the educational exhibits put on by the local trade high schools, local colleges, and some of the, and some of the plants. Yeah, societies. those were good. They do a tremendous amount of education. Mm-hmm. So it might be say the local Delaware Rhododendron Society and Azalea Society showing their plants planted in situ. So in the situation you would find them. And then EPA even had right. an exhibit of all native garden uh, water landscape, like a bog bog type landscape. 
So yep. I think that's where you're going to get your more yeah. realistic uh, education and take home ideas. So you come in, you experience the fantasy, your day in the Riviera, you experience, you know, the top of the top for floral ranging. And then you come around to the kind of left-hand backside of the hall, mid, I guess what I call it, mid-hall. And that's like the gardener's hub and the educational exhibits. And that's where I tend to spend most of my um, time at the show. So you said the horticourt, which is where the heart of the show is. So from, yep. So from well, that's where it started. Plant competitions, bringing in forced bulbs, your greenhouse plants, your house plants, and then maybe even some plants from your garden. So what are your favorite car- categories in the horticourt? Oh, well, I love, um, I love all of their spring bloomers. I always love seeing what mm-hmm. they're, if they're edge worthy or better than mine. They never <laughs> so are. So why aren't you entering in the, yours in competition, Marianne? Well, because I don't want, I don't want to dig mine up and put it in a pot. True, true, true. <laughs> and there is, there is the being beaten up back um, and forth for travel for us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, um, I, they have an incredible mm-hmm. selection of begonia there. Just, un- you know, if you just want to get an education on begonia, mm-hmm. walk through there and the terrariums are always amazing. Uh, and the terrariums always look fantastic and it, it always tickles me a little bit because they look like mm-hmm. they've just been put together because you and I know what a terrarium looks like after yeah. about a week. You know, it's hard, mm-hmm. it's hard to see in there because there's naturally a lot of condensation. So it's cool to see them set up. And and I'll go back real quick and I will take back <laughs> the terrible things I said about it being a flower show. Yeah. Because I, I agree with you that, that that was all there and it's, it's definitely there. But for your average home gardener mm-hmm. or person who dabbles, the shock yes. and awe stuff is That's often true. what yeah. they remember. And it's what they want to do when they get home. And the reason that I, that I know this really well is because I almost always take somebody like that with me to get their reactions of it. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just my husband. Sometimes it's a friend, but they're not super well-versed in gardening. And so it's interesting to see what their reactions are to the different sp- spaces and what they And that's they a really good with. point, Marianne, because... And- I don't want to call you and yeah. I jaded, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not jaded. I'm just cynical. Seasoned, and <laughs> to me, I believe yeah. this is my seventeenth uh, flower show. I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm a wee child of twenty one, so you know. <laughs> this is amazing. You've been doing it this long. Um, all right, it's incredible. That's my home phone. Please, please ignore that, listeners at home. I'm about to hang up on them. That's the right. the, the foibles <laughs> of having an office phone along with your recording your podcast on your iPhone. Um, so getting back to our point That's about right. uh, us seasoned flower show goers. And so we've, seen, we've yeah. seen many, many flower shows in the past. And, you know, there's been highlights yeah. and lowlights and things that we loved. And, we, you know, after many years... There's some things that still stick with me. <laughs> so what, what was one of your oh, favorite yeah. shows? I'm curious. And- give, give, I can okay. immediately tell you. And actually, it's a, um, it's a very much a floral 
display. And that was the brilliant show, which I think was the England show. I know it was the England show. I think it was titled um, Brilliant. Let me look that up and, because I'm standing in front of my refrigerator and, and I have several of the past show magnets on my refrigerator. It was, I, I think, um, yeah, seven I years it had ago, the, maybe? Um, Union Jack on it. And yeah. yeah. Well, one of the top uh, Philadelphia area, area floral designers, although they were young, mm-hmm. like up and coming, and I cannot remember the names, it's terrible. It's like remembering the jingle of a commercial and not remembering what they were selling. Um, it was the Mad okay. Tea Party. I'm, I'm, yes. And do you have gonna, any memory yes, of that? That might have been and it by was David, this... but I'm going to do a quick Google on that. It was mm-hmm. insane tablescape from hell huge table set just I was just gorgeous up and it was up it wasn't you know they had done it up about two feet they had dug magnolia stellatas I believe no 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 um spectrum I think was it was a Solangiana and um they had then taken I think maybe like tulip poplar. Sorry, my rooster is going crazy. That's yeah. <laughs> your phone, my rooster. Um, and they had affixed those to the branches of these magnolia, and the to top it off, they had uh, they commissioned a bronze sculpt, a bronze sculptor, a sculptor who worked uh-huh. in cast bronze from England to do these four about three and a half to four foot tall statues of the oh, Mad Hatter yeah. and Alice and the White Rabbit. And it was just one of those that I stood in front of for a half hour. I came back. I stood in front of it for another 10 minutes. I came back with a glass of wine. I stood in front of it for five minutes. It was just, it was just eye popping. It was everything that you'd want from a floral design. And I mean, I also have memories of garden design as well as well but that one just it just hit me in the right spot mm-hmm. i'll never so you're it. right it was 2013 um brilliant britain okay and, but i'm wrong it's not flowers by david um yeah it was a couple so, i think attraction so the t they did the foggy london streetscape i believe flowers by david, which i also liked that year so i'm gonna try to keep googling while we're talking um, what's your cup of tea? <laughs> Britain's. So Mark Lane. Nope. That's still not it. I'll cut. Co- it'll come to me. Cause I know who you're talking about. And they, they did a, I agree, a fabulous job. Um, yeah, it was just, it was inspired. It hit every creative mm-hmm. button there. And, and, and just, I mean, before we get to, to whatever your boring choice is, <laughs> um, the, <laughs> that is the other thing about Philadelphia flower show is that it has an incredible amount mm-hmm. of tablescapes. And it seems like it's more every year. Like they're recognizing that people want to entertain mm-hmm. with their gardens. And I'm seeing more and more. And so I'm always snapping photos of, hey, that makes a great table charger. Or that is a fantastic centerpiece. Or what a great way to, to, to mix up your chairs or your, your tableware. Um, this year, I swear there were probably 10 mm-hmm. tables set out 
Not even, not even including uh, bistro. Yeah, tables. I agree. It's lots of tablescapes. I think it's that's a lot to do with. Um, no, just the, Mediterranean. the flower show, the the high end florists who are making um, these little fantasy vignettes of parties are looking to sell their yeah. service uh, for of like a floral installation for say your wedding or an anniversary party. Um, so that's a lot right. of them showing the best of the best that they could do um, for that. So right. I was going to say my favorite of that year. Um, and you're probably going to totally disagree with me, but I will never, okay. ever, ever forget the Jack the Ripper garden that year. Never forget that. Yes. But you, I am <laughs> going to disagree with you on so many yeah. levels of disagree. Oh my I, gosh. Like I didn't even exactly. want to go into that. That was the black corner of, it, yeah. of neon. <laughs> why are we even, friends? I don't even know. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> You better you better have a good so, case for this garden because I, well, or this we'll that it, display. We'll call it a floral display, but it was. <laughs> we'll call it a a random act of violence to my psyche. And Let's guess what? That. That's exactly what it was. I think it was a really avant-garde flower installation that not only made you feel like great art does, but made you think. Because I came out of that like, huh, like just totally changed what a flower show exhibit could be. They were not afraid to be dirty, messy, scary. <laughs> they weren't afraid to like turn people off. And yeah, it's definitely a love or hate thing for that exhibit there. That, But I love that he based it on the theory that Jack the Ripper, just his existence brought in a new era in London. They cleaned out the back streets, cleaned up crime, it brought in Scotland Yard. And if he hadn't existed, London wouldn't be what London is today. So out of this horrible person right. came this beautiful, you know, in a lot of people's opinion, city. You know, it's not like London. <laughs> in my opinion. Yes. Thank no, you very much. Not, no, no place is perfect, but imagine yeah if it if it hadn't happened it would have taken probably another 50 or 100 years to come about organically when in this short period of time a freak out <laughs> it made you know it, it made a huge push to advance the city itself so but yeah right yeah that, and all i had to do was go into a black area with neon <laughs> and scratchings and the and just lunatic yes. raving so yeah. it was it was fat. So, were you? Did you need a drink to walk through there? Because, just so you know, I didn't need a drink to look at the no. Manhattan Tea Party. But maybe you needed a drink afterwards. I, <laughs> oh, I did. I, I actually had one while yep. I was looking at it, but it wasn't mm -hmm. medically necessary the way it was with Jack. Yeah. Ripper. So other years. So <laughs> when I ask. I take, always take a bus group of uh, my magazine's writers up to the flower show every year. And I like to ask them on the way back um, what their favorite flower show was and also what their favorite this year was. Um, so uh -huh. most of my attendees, some of whom are hardcore gardeners, some are beginning gardeners, some are the spouses being dragged along to the flower show. <laughs> I would say uh, the majority always cite um, the year of the national parks centennial anniversary as their oh favorite. yeah that yeah. was extraordinary I, oh to me 100%. that was that for me was an okay year <laughs> like yes okay so now I want to dig yeah. down into that because 
I have to say, it really, it astounded me. And I'm a big proponent of the national parks, mm -hmm. but I didn't expect much mm -hmm. from this. I thought it was going to be a really tough, tough theme. And um, they just, they went above and beyond. In fact, I was describing the way they had those four screens with the tear-jerking movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the sort of the, the entrance was a very large lodge. And because I come from California and grew up very close to Yosemite and we used to go to the Iwani um, so that we could watch rich people eating ice cream, um, <laughs> wish that we could, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it really reminded me of that. It, it, it absolutely typified that lodge. It was a great yeah, show. I, I do agree show. that that was one of the best entrance gardens that you were immediately immersed uh -huh. in you know, big national parks, like you felt like you were in it. And the photography that they used, that they sourced um, from all over oh, the internet, yeah. from different uh, professional and even amateur photographers, some of those were amateur, um, were done, was just done beautifully. So, yeah. Now, um, that back to this year's show, um, and I'm allowed to be a little mm -hmm. critical, right? Okay. Uh, if I haven't been already, is the, I was not thrilled with the entrance. And I think because uh, I, I didn't love the pinks and the purples mm. and uh, that I thought I, it lost the earthiness that the Mediterranean has mm -hmm. to me. There's a really earthy quality to the way that the garden, uh, blends into the land garden tools garden pots garden furniture there's there's just an earthiness to it and and that wasn't there it felt much more glitzy and maybe that's because it's the monaco Rivera yes. thing yeah um and also the music i walked in expecting to you know be dancing to oh i don't know stacy kent mm -hmm. or something and uh singing some little uh, song but it, it was it was like hip now hmm. uh, French music and I mean it went back and yeah. forth but I I don't know it, it was it was not as exciting to me as some of the individual exhibits so interesting so I think when I came in that front entrance I did not even detect music because I came in midday um, so it was probably being drowned uh -huh. out by the crowds but I okay. did hear distant accordion music because because there was oh, a, okay. a traveling accordionist. I believe that's the term. Oh, what <laughs> cool. And I, okay. I was going to ask you that next. So this year, they broke up the performances and the education. So they didn't have a major education stage or or real, you know, they just had a small gathering area for some of the garden talks and the gardener's hub. And they had what they called uh -huh. poppies carts, these little carts that went around the floor uh, around every half hour or so. And they might explain a planting technique or a floral technique. Um, and then they had a few um, just carnival street performers that you would catch every once in a while. So one was right. a young lady on stilts. She was masterful. <laughs> she was terrific. Uh -huh. One other young lady I caught was she had butterfly wings. She was a gymnast. 
So she was doing a great uh-huh. job. And then, of course, that accordion player I told you about. And then a kind of juggler magician type guy. So did you catch any of those or any of the popular parts? I didn't. I don't think that they were on view for the mm-hmm. members day because I went during the members preview on Friday uh, afternoon and it was um, not long enough, in my opinion, because they've got to do the gala. Correct. In the evening, yeah. But it it opens pretty late. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, they didn't have that stuff on. I mean, it felt like I had plenty of time to get around the show itself. Not as much time as I might've liked to go to all of the vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's always a fun part too. Uh, what I love to do on a normal day is to go around the show, go around the horticourt, go to the vendors, wander around, then go get a glass <laughs> of wine and wander and then wander so- around the vendor. <laughs> Wander around the um, marketplace. The, uh, oh. No, 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 no. Not with a glass of wine. I'd be <laughs> in a lot of trouble if I did that. No, I wander back to the exhibits and look at them in more so detail. It, do they? And... Do the exhibits change with that glass of wine? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I can tell you my wallet would if I walked around the vendors with that glass of wine. Yeah. So, so um, yeah. Yeah. That's normally what I end Mm -hmm. up doing, and I couldn't do that this time. I had to just sort of see everything once. I didn't get as much time in the horticourt as Mm -hmm. I would liked, Um, but it still was it was it was it was a good amount. And I agree that so so for those not familiar or who don't go on the opening day, uh, they they open late because the judges are still judging. So you're opening kind of at noonish or after one. And then that first evening is a huge gala benefit. And I'm betting you're correct that the performers were part of that gala that night. Um, Oh, yeah. They were definitely there because I was looking at Rob Cardillo's posts on it. Mm -hmm. And I saw a couple of who you were talking about. And then I was going to circle back to the bar (laughs) just to say that um, a few people commented to me who were first-timers at the Philadelphia Flower Show this year that they were astonished that, you know, starting at 11 a.m. noon, whatever it is, there are open bar serving, you know, selling alcohol in several spots all over the show floor. And I'm like, yeah, it's a it's Well, a party. of, of, of <laughs> yes. course yep. they are. I mean, besides the fact that it's a, a show, for God's sake, this is about mm-hmm. friends. Oh, sure. <laughs> and... I mean, the idea, don't, don't be so um, Puritan oh, no. about it. I mean, you know, it, it's, I, can't, I can't even imagine that that wouldn't be part of it. You go into Ch- the Chelsea Flower Show, and I, I swear the thing is probably sponsored by Pims <laughs> and champagne and various types of champagne. Ah, that explains um, the rave I mean, of Chelsea Flower Show. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. Always take them with a grain of salt. But truly... It's everywhere. That is part of the fun mm-hmm. of it. And, you know, people are responsible. I'm not advocating mm-hmm. walking around in a drunken haze. Correct. And, um, I, and I was going to punctuate that. I think the surprise is just that it's that the bars are opening before, say, four or six. Because a lot of other home and garden shows, they might have bars, but they usually don't start till late in the afternoon. And... I think that what's the great thing about Philadelphia is it is so transit accessible and easy that you can just walk straight out to the SEPTA station. And if you live yeah. on the main line, say, you know, you're, ba- you're basically door to door. So, and by that time, hopefully your one or two glasses of wine have worn off. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. It, no, I, I, I'm glad that they do that. I think it adds to the, 
the feeling of 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 a party almost i and not a or a gathering mm-hmm. exactly you know what i mean i think it's it's a very it, it's not clinical it's not sterile i think that I, I i appreciate that they do yes, that not at all so in our last few minutes on this year's flower show i was going to ask for two or three highlights or take homes that you got from that Okay, well, let me think. One of the um, first ones was a new dinner plate charger idea, which was a large terracotta saucer. Mm, like a garden pot for, saucer? Wow. Yeah, like a, a garden terracotta saucer under a plate. And so economical, um, too. Just, so, well, te- no, they're not, yeah. actually. They're very expensive, <laughs> but if you have yep. them, it's sort of fun. Um, I have so many small terracotta pots that using them as a, in the tablescape as they had in a couple different uh, ex- displays is, is a great idea. Oh, um, yeah, I, I was personally paying a lot of attention to some of the tropical plants that they mm-hmm. had in these displays, how they were using them, uh, e- even though it's not a tropical climate. Uh, and, and again, this is a floral display situation, but I was looking at a few of those and thinking I need to use more Scheffler uh, elegant, elegantissima mm-hmm. in my garden. I, I have one plant. I need more. And um, that plant, for the <laughs> listeners at home, that, that plant lives inside your home for winter. Yes. It, it does. It, it comes inside and it's, a, it's also known as the false mm-hmm. Aurelia. And it has a very ferny texture, but it's a very dark uh, purple. I can't say mm-hmm. black, but, you know, as close as we nice. get in the garden, yeah. in the industry to black. I yeah. love that. Uh, what was another take home? Uh, get a Vespa <laughs> as soon as possible. Please stop putting this off, Marianne. <laughs> Just buy yourself a damn Vespa. You've wanted one since you were 22. <laughs> And rode around nice. Greece, carefree. <laughs> I think that if I, I think that if I get a Vespa, I will stop. Being really, It'll, it's like a mini time yes. machine. I, Zoop. <laughs> I think it, it it is my long overdue midlife crisis. That's a that's and, a pretty tame um, one. They had, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the scale of things, that's pretty good. Yeah. How about your take home? Um, I they? would say that I, I do need to use more silver leaf plants <laughs> in the garden. So right? I was like, after that immersion and that, I was like, you know, I, I had, you know, um, that Dichondra Silver Falls last year and we had it at our garden yeah. club sale and I only ordered one tray. Luckily, t- pulled two plants out for myself before I set it out for the sale and right. it flew off the table. <laughs> and turned around it was gone so this year i'm definitely going to order several more trays because it's just an amazing plant and it even went into december for me um it's supposed to be an annual for us and i think i really like the mixing and some of the education exhibits one of them was a small town like a small town in greece i think where you're walking up a hillside and and you start off Uh on cobblestone and then you're on tile Uh and then you're on um pebbles or different so I love that. Oh, yeah. I, reme- I remember that because they had sort of a glass tile square Correct. area yeah. on a slight mm-hmm. slope, which was really super yep. slippy. 
And I looked to my left and there was a very large pin cushion uh-huh. cactus. And I thought, oh, this isn't going to go well for somebody. <laughs> yeah. I think it actually the, the difference in the textures when you're walking through a garden, you know, it's not the most, say, visually coherent, but changing the yeah. path texture to make people slow down and notice it. You know, I've noticed that in some of the Beatrice Farron gardens, um, but she doesn't generally use, you know, such jarring material next to each other, one after the other. But in a mini right. exhibit, that's, you know, they're showing you it in miniature. So, yeah, that sounds interesting. I've got another, I've got another. Oh, wait, are you, are oh, you yeah. done with your I only three? said two, but you go ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll do one and then you can yeah. do your last one. Um, because the, because this is yet a, this is a, a one of the, a garden one rather than a tablescape. I know I always tend to go that way, but uh, some there were two of the exhibits that had a dry stream mm-hmm. bed that was meant to be water, but uh, on the corners of the dry stream bed they they were lined with white uh, round rocks, maybe about six seven inches. But on the corners where they w- it would wind back, those corners were very lightly accentuated by a slightly larger hmm, rock. Yeah. And it made all of the difference. That was a huge take home for mm-hmm. me was, you know, accentuating that mm-hmm. twist and not just because your, your, your eyes don't go straight to the end of the stream they sort of hit that curve and then they hit another curve and then they hit another curve. And that was a big garden take. Yeah. That's a nice way to highlight it with that change. So I'm going to say, I'm going to combine two for three. So there's, there was a lot of use because one of the kind of minor themes to the show was relaxation in the garden or refreshing yourself. So there were several gardens with literal beds in them. So the Waldor orchids had a big, beautiful blue bed under an arbor. Oh, yeah. And then there was one garden yeah. that had a really stunning uh, white, large, I guess it was a twin-size mattress garden swing. And it was uh-huh. all blue and white, like Mediterranean-themed pillowscape on there. So I was like, yeah. uh, who doesn't mm-hmm. want that? <laughs> and I've yeah. always wanted to take an old garden uh old bed frame like a child's like brass bed and and plant it up as a garden bed so i was like right oh oh, yeah that i mean that is a really cute idea because obviously so many of these mediterranean ideas with soft cushions Mm -hmm. and uh you know beautiful expensive furniture in a mid-atlantic climate are just become algae and yeah, and you have to take them in and out and, and so yeah. quickly. And yeah, like I'm looking right now at my summer hammock, which I didn't even bring in for the fall this year because it was so green at that point after you know three years of wear. And we bring it in mm-hmm. every year uh, for the winter. This year, I was just like, ah, what's the <laughs> point? Um, it's got to be replaced because it's it's just absolutely green. And it, and it's you know coming apart. We have a totally different climate, so mm-hmm. uh, the soft furnishings you have to take with a grain of salt. But I love the idea of definitely a bit a, a literal bit uh, a literal a, a plan bit. to that bed. <laughs> so what do you think? Are you going to go for the Senecio this year? Are you going to try it out? I've heard I've yeah. heard different reviews. 
So I did have a couple last year that I trialed in containers and they kind of melted. I have to say they didn't do so well for me. Yeah. But in the Sinicio's defense, (laughs) they were in mixed containers, large containers where I probably Uh put them where I put my lavender, which is at my front um, garden curb where, you know, high traffic area, but crappy soil (laughs) and, and a yeah. nice bit of a slope there, which is probably what they would have preferred. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that that's the general consensus in our climate is it's got to have mm-hmm. well-draining, um, poor to average soil, and a very sunny yep. site. And uh, I think I am probably not going to be able to grow it for that yeah, reason. Yeah, on my front corner. My, my mm-hmm. full sun is seven Yeah, hours. and my front corner is you know at the height of summer 14 to 16 hours of sun out there so if if it can wow. if, if the lavender does well sunflowers well you know it's, it's where things that can take a beating go in my garden <laughs> you are yes. rich with sunlight <laughs> i'm so envious well, i'm envious of a lot of the wet shade you have so <laughs> well that's true yeah. i will say that in the in the at the top of yes July, exactly very very hot july it is easily 10 degrees cooler here than it is up at the top of the mm-hmm. road and that is insane but true so it's gonna thanks car thermometers i can tell yep, you it's called it's called the <laughs> urban heat island effect <laughs> yeah very so much do so, a quick so. wrap up of the flower show and then we're going to talk about our gardens for a second more because we can't stop talking about our gardens but <laughs> Oh, yeah, no kidding. I have weeded two beds while you've spoken to me, so this is now great. Now you feel lazy. All right, so uh, hopefully hopefully, our, our listeners out there are also listening and weeding at the same time. It's, it's a very zen yeah. experience. Uh, <laughs> so um, Riviera Holiday, theflowershow.com, runs through March 8th. So that's uh, while we're recording this. We're recording this on Thursday, and the show will run through Sunday. Hopefully I'll get this podcast up tomorrow and you'll still have the weekend to get up there and visit it if you haven't already. Um, If you are agreeing or disagreeing with Marianne and myself's opinion on the show, I want to hear what you have to say. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at WDC Gardener. And you can find me on Facebook at Washington Gardener Magazine. And Marianne, how could... Is yes. so not on Twitter. <laughs> so, so not on Twitter, but I am on Instagram. You can find me there at Marianne Wilburn or at Small Town Gardens. And on Facebook. And on Facebook, Facebook, too. If you want to argue on Facebook, that's all they do on there. So <laughs> let's get started. And I'm going to circle back. I did Google as you were talking and weeding. Uh, so I did, uh-huh. I, I'm a multitasker, too. <laughs> You're amazing. So Petals Lane, Petals Plural did the mad tea exhibit in 2013 yes, that's right and they are located in roxborough pennsylvania i think it's a i believe it's a philly suburb and it's Brittany gillespie and michael finney and that was yeah. the brilliant theme and they said i'm going to scroll down here um that they're they describe it as philadelphia's primary destination for floral design and artistic consultation so Oh, and yeah. they were 30 and 32 at the time. And wedding design is their passion. So what you were looking at was if you were a really, um, I guess I'll call it experimental bride, and wanted to do a mad tea party theme for your wedding. That if yes. you were a very if you were an experimental bride who was very well mm-hmm. healed. Oh, yes. And yes. It says that 
their vision was to combine, uh, they combined Disney's Alice in Wonderland and Tim Burton's version with Johnny Depp, which I did see a lot of the touches from that in there. And the, and the oh, yeah. bronze is from, they said, Christopher, his name is Bro- is Wonderland Bronze from Robert James Workshop in, in Dorset, Dorset, England. England. Yes, in yep. Dorset. So that's probably yeah. why you gravitate to it. And that made, of course, made total sense for the year in Britain. Um, oh, it was so, it was so yeah. beautifully done. The memorable. And that's pretty cool when you can create something that sticks with somebody for a long time. That is a really cool exactly. thing. Exactly. So it is the first week of March in the Mid-Atlantic Gardens. Um, I'm in the heart of Zone 7. Are you also Zone 7 or are you, are you like 6B, Marianne? I dream of 7. I am 6B slash 7. Okay. Um, if I had a nursery here, I would call myself 100% 6B because I wouldn't want to lose stock. Yeah. But I like to push it a little bit. Uh, you are definitely... A half a zone hotter than I am. So I'm on the Washington D.C. border, and you're you're in the belly of the and beast. And you are across the border from across the river. Sorry, not the border from uh, Harbors Ferry, West Virginia, and Brunswick, Maryland. But you are in Virginia. That is right. It is what Scott Barrelin calls the benevolent outer rings of D.C. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about benevolent. Benevolent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> benevolent. Meaning, what did he say? He said close enough to take advantage of the wealth of dc mm-hmm. but far enough out that something something it was very well done he is good at what he does <laughs> i'm going to change the word benevolent to parasitic <laughs> <laughs> well that's what i said in my letter back but you can read that tomorrow on garden okay so for the back and forth of the history between scott and marianne um go to garden rants uh a very popular garden blog group garden blog and they've been having a american versus uk garden sensibility discussion <laughs> yes and we've, we've we've managed to iron out some different differences so aside from weeding this week in the garden what else are you doing in the garden yeah. um i am very tardily cutting back all my grasses mm-hmm. i should have done this about three weeks ago but i got into a car accident when i was down in miami and it has put a a real uh wrench in the work so i am a little behind on everything so i went to cut back uh the panaceum the miscanthus and it's already greening mm, yes and so I, I i really had to move on that uh i cut i did a lot of shaping mm-hmm. and pruning uh yesterday of some of my larger shrubs just for shape not necessarily because they have to be done and um uh, sighing heavily because the bees are dead <laughs> again and this is your um, bee, honeybee hive these are my not hives we've bees. been keeping yep. no not the native bees mm-hmm. we've been keeping bees probably for 10 years or so and uh it's an expensive proposition i have to say and this year last year was a real difficult year just generally as years go and i really did no fall management and you need to do fall management to have healthy bees Mm -hmm. and so I just sort of prayed and that doesn't work that evidently uh, God doesn't get involved in things like that (laughs) so um, well he wanted he wanted you to he slash she wanted you wanted (laughs) wanted you to learn the lesson of gardening which is patience and sometimes and take care of your stuff (laughs) and take care of your stock but 
I I do live by the benign neglect school of gardening, <laughs> but yeah, that, that doesn't, doesn't work, work for, with bees exactly for animal husbandry and bees. Benign neglect does not work. <laughs> So yeah. this year I will be trying to attract swarms because my California sister, all of the hives, the, all the colonies she gets are all swarms she catches. And I am out of shekels <laughs> to pay for more hives. So I'm going to try my hand at catching a swarm this year oh. too. I've done it before, but it's been many years and try and take better care of them this year. Um, and I cut all of my chicken's wings yesterday to stop the little brats from getting in my garden, but I'm chasing one out of it now. Go, 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 go. Nice. Because they're, they're jumping up on the barn roof. So you are and getting out. So. And you are reminding me why I don't have chickens and bees. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I do want to circle back for our listeners on two points. Um, why were you in Miami and your car accident was just a little fender bender, correct? You're, you're okay. Yeah, I am okay. Um, it wasn't a fender bender. It was a, it was a proper car accident on the interstate, um, in a lift car. Um, and, uh, but we are all all okay. (laughs) We were really fortunate on that one. Just whiplashed and messed around a little bit, uh, it, uh, I was down there for TPIE, the Tropical Plant International Expo, and I was speaking down there to the Digging In Conference. The, it's a group of con- professional container gardeners, and they get together every year and uh, twice a year in different locations. And this year they were combining it with the amazing show that is TPIE. Nice. So I was down there both to do research for my new book and also to uh to talk to that group and not to drink rum punches because i was doing a dry january oh, you that? i think that was insane but it I- was insane i oh boy but i made it only uh, only one out of ten people mm-hmm. apparently yes make it and i made it i well, was one of the ten kadoos to you <laughs> <laughs> So I was going to say um, I'm not envious at all about Miami in January since <laughs> since I, I went to Chicago to give some landscape talks. That, <laughs> the opposite That's direction. right. You did. But, I would so rather go to Chicago. Not. <laughs> but I, in January. I did luck out and we had actually decent weather in Chicago. So um, yeah. thank, you, thank you to the weather gods. And also I'm going to note in my own garden, even though I've been philadelphia flower show uh trip obsessed um getting together our group our bus trip i did manage to get out to brookside gardens this past sunday morning uh, to join the potomac rose society um in cutting back a large portion of their rose garden and so i learned a few new techniques and it was all volunteer events we we put a good dent in it hopefully um roger who's the head gardener there in charge of the rose garden at brookside approves of each of my cut decisions <laughs> i try, i did because it was my first time doing something of that scale i tried to be on the conservative side so he right. could, he could come back and do a more severe prune should he wish and then, because I was so inspired and I was already all geared up, geared up with my leather gloves and uh-huh. protective clothing, I came home and hacked at my David Austin roses and some of the um, 
uh, what is it called? Oh, so easy. And some of the other landscape roses I have around the place that I've kind of let go to a pot. So I'm hoping now did they, I'm curious on this one because I would have thought they would have done that job about two weeks ago because of our yes, weather pattern. Exactly. So were they, were they behind or they had or not originally scheduled it to be the previous two weekends and then they pushed it back um exactly every year it's very weather dependent and actually uh-huh. sunday morning was actually in the 20s when we were out there and then it warmed up to a nice afternoon of course after we left um, right but the roses have already leafed out so we were slightly behind yeah but okay. um we're still well within the window i would say for the mid-Atlantic to get your rose pruning done by, you know, aim for by St. Patrick's day. And, yeah. Okay. Um, that's probably a good around then type. And I was uh, like you slightly worried that it was a little late, but um, looking at what Roger had already pruned and also some of the pruning of some of the fellow um, Potomac Rose Society members that I was like, okay, it's roses are pretty uh, sturdy stock and, you know, even if you cut them almost all the way back to that bud union, they're probably going to flower still for you this year. Well, you know, there was a study done several years ago that compared the results of flowering with roses that had been sort of arbitrarily hacked mm-hmm. with a, a shearer, you know, a, a trimmer, and those that had been very carefully pruned. And they found that there were not significant differences in the flowering and that and makes, I, yeah that makes you know that sense. stuck with me yeah. yeah yeah and i would say that makes you know some beginning pruners out there <laughs> if you're feeling scared yes. don't worry about don't it worry about it it's better that you just get it cut back a bit mm-hmm. you know because that is a problem if you leave these roses getting uh br- more and more of a huge bramble and then you've got a problem. Exactly. So mainly it's cutting out some of the inside and some of the old, old woody, woody stock that's getting kind of brittle inside there and things that are crossing. And was that a dog? That is Mungo because see, he chases, whenever I dig, he chases what I'm throwing and I'm sort of one handed digging up this blackberry and he's waiting for me to throw something in his face. <laughs> Which is apparently how he has fun. Isn't so, right? and Mungo's breed is a Jack Russell through Jack and Russell. through. Okay. So Aren't my kitty, you? my kitties are standing by, but being super quiet right now. Thankfully, well, that is what that's what kitties do. <laughs> Although I have one talkative one who would love to love to be on the podcast one day. So, <laughs> um, so we're gonna wrap up with this one and I'm going to try to as I said get this up and online as soon as possible so those who still want to catch the this year's garden show can do so if you are listening to this later on and after the garden show is finished I'm going to give you next year's dates and theme um, so next year is habitat um, for the overall theme of the flower show, Philadelphia flower show and the dates are March 6th through 14th so a little later next year okay Um, great and the overall and we had a little bit of a press conference meeting with the phs staff uh yesterday and the habitat theme is a very broad one they talked Uh about a possible collaboration uh with the philadelphia zoo Uh Um, so i think 
like a lot of their past themes where it's open to broad interpretation, it could be more on the animal side of things. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Some of those could be more on the insect, which when I hear the word habitat, I think bird and then butterfly. What do you think when you hear the word habitat, Marianne? Uh, well, it's probably because where I live, but I think of toads and uh, turtles. Yeah, that's a great um, point. Yeah, and I, I think it's just because of where I live. Uh, yeah. I think of skunks and bears and <laughs> and and all sorts of things that we uh, see on a regular basis here. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's certainly uh, bees, and uh, I've got, we've got a lot of bees here, native bees here too. So yeah. um, real quick, is your forsythia coming out? My forsythia already have some blooms okay. opened up, as does my um, thundercloud flowering maple. Flowering maple. I don't know why I just called it that. <laughs> flowering plum. Okay. I called it. A, I called it a maple because it has a red red leaf, kind of similar to a maple coloring, and it keeps that coloring all year round. So a lot of people mistake it for a maple. Um, and and uh, how how is your Edgeworthia? Oh, that's right. You don't have one. <laughs> Guess what? I don't want one, but <laughs> I do visit some, some of the Edgeworthia at Brook. I, on Instagram the other day, I posted a beautiful Edgeworthia. I, I just blanked on the variety. It's a white one, almost all white. And that's in back of the visitor center, very near the path in the children's garden. Okay. Um, so I it's probably snow cream, I think. Yes. I was just about to say it has snow in the title. I think yeah, it's, snow, it's, cream. it's snow cream. It's one of the more popular cultivars. Um, mm-hmm. That is, uh, it's just it's such a great sh- shrub. It's actually, if listeners are interested in just finding out a little bit more about it, it's featured on my March Garden uh, post. If you're gardening in the Mid-Atlantic, there's a March Garden there on my website, which is smalltowngardener.com. Okay. And um, what would you say for somebody who wanted to grow at Edgeworthia? What would be like a couple tips? Because it's not for everyone. It's not for everybody, no. Uh, it's a well-draining soil. And in our, in our sort of summers, I think a slight, a slight amount of shade, partial shade is a real good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can. Uh, it's mor- morning sun, afternoon shade. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I say that my Edgeworthia gets afternoon sun and morning shade, which is just the way that it is. And it seems to cope with that. But I think it wouldn't handle full sun as well uh, yeah. as, as it does. It really it, and it needs to be in a non-exposed site for wind mm-hmm. if you can help it if you're in a cold climate. So uh, and, it, and it isn't for everybody. It's a it can be a difficult shrub to grow. If you think Daphne uh it it's it's a daphne relative and mm-hmm. so it can it can be a little temperamental but i i adore mine i love the scent this time of year i think it's just it's just such a neat shrub it takes up a lot of real estate so you got to give it room and some of the my listeners are probably hearing the word daphne and a dagger is going through their heart <laughs> <laughs> Because Daphne is one of those heartbreaking, heartbreaking uh, plants that you just fall in love with it in somebody else's garden. And then it can live three, five years from you for you and then have a quick decline. Sudden Daphne death syndrome. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, enjoy it while you have it. You know, you know, (laughs) just like another lesson for gardeners in that. And um, I'm going to wrap this up. Any final thoughts on 
anything March Garden related, flower show, or um, about those pesky chickens that are giving you a run? Uh, no, they may be butchered by the time we talk again. <laughs> I don't know at this point. They're really annoying me. I would say, uh, I would say definitely to listeners, go out and go to some public gardens. And see, and, and see what is blooming right now so that you can make a note of it and plant it for mm-hmm. so you can have an early spring garden coming alive, too. But you're really not going to know how it behaves for you unless you see it in another garden in your zone, in your in your environment. Um, so, you know, if you're in the D.C. area, go to Brookside, go to Green Spring. And uh, if you're, you know, if you're up in Philadelphia, go to Longwood, go to Chanticleer, go to, you know, go down to Lewis Ginter if you're down by Richmond. It's, it's important to go to these public gardens and see what they can do with plants at every time of the year. Exactly. And I was just going to make a little side note to say Chanticleer is not quite open. Oh, you're right. Yes, I forget. Okay, so go to Mount Cuba. Isn't Mount Cuba open? Yeah. Yeah. And also winter tour for the March Bank. Yes. That's one of the highlights in the the Philadelphia and Mid-Atlantic area. Yeah. Yeah. Don't beat down or climb the gates at Chanticleer. We'll be in big (laughs) trouble. (laughs) They got to wait until they get their tropicals up and cooking before they'll open up. Yeah. Okay. And that And that was going to be one final note um, that I took home from um, or observed at the flower show, which was the teacup. uh, Oh, yes. That's a Chanticleer. That's right. I I believe there were two echoes of that famous Chanticleer teacup garden in a couple of the Mediterranean gardens. And the other echo I thought I saw from Chanticleer, which is a very um, influential public garden um, on a lot of garden designers in our area was the use of large agave um, in many places, of course. Yeah. A, a lot more use used in the Mediterranean gardens, but in the Mid-Atlantic as, say, a specimen plant or a focal point plant, of course, it's not going to stay outside all year for you. No, it is not. Um, I have a funny story about that. I had to execute mine last year. Mungo, oh, come no. down here. Come on. Come on down. <laughs> Um, yeah, I had to because they get so large. I, I took some pups off of it, which are currently in the house. And this thing weighs, I would say, or it weighed probably 80, 90 pounds. And every single uh, end of every long leaf is a spike of death. Uh, exactly. you know? And you can put corks on it, but the corks fall off while you're trying to move it. And I put it on the back of my golf cart and it took me forever. And then I asked my husband if he could move if just move it into the into the garage. And um, I forgot that my husband likes to do it the easiest way possible. And so he tried to back up the golf court to the back door, which is ridiculous. And um, and he moved it. when you start a golf cart, it moves with a jolt. And you guessed it. He did not hold on to the plant and it just went and once you've broken the meristem that central growing (laughs) point of an agave it never looks okay it's you know it's like a broken nose it's a little it's really quirky and attractive (laughs) on a guy but it's it is really ugly on agave and I gave it a year and then I'm like oh this is never going to be pretty again so I took some babies and then we had a then we had to leave it out in the cold night. 
we had an execution night i'm glad you were able to save some of its children i did that's a good thing i saved three (laughs) and better you than me trying to hold that thing in (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh well you know it really gives you pause because all of those agaves that are at chanticleer or elsewhere they have to be moved in and out and you really do need to think about that so mm-hmm. that's one thing if you're working with some of the bromeliads which aren't so spiky but give you that that strong impact mm-hmm. um, but it, agave is it's a lethal weapon truly it is it's it's a plant that I fear personally yeah I, yeah <laughs> I use I have baby of Gavis as windowsill plants and I I pay them much respect yeah <laughs> so, oh yeah and so I was going to say for beginning gardeners out there, um, when you see a large agave sitting in a garden, in a public garden, know that, you know, three or four garden workers <laughs> probably put that in place. And then three or four people are wrapping it up, getting it onto a golf cart, okay. putting it into the greenhouse and babying it through. Yes. So I was going to close out by giving some suggestions for people who might be in the dc area to visit um in my schedule i will be visiting the u.s botanic gardens 200th anniversary exhibit which is going on now through october so congratulations very 200 years u.s botanic garden it's a great record and at the same time at the u.s botanic garden is patrick daughtry's stickwork sculpture uh, um, which we early winter didn't you Mm mm-hmm yeah. Yep. So we featured it, I believe, on our November cover story was an interview with Patrick. So go look up that on WashingtonGardener.com and then go explore that stickwork sculpture because it is meant to be uh-huh. an interactive landscape sculpture. And it's fabulous. I don't for do selfies, selfies with the U.S. Capitol in the Unless background. Unless I'm with so. selfie people who force me to, like you. <laughs> so. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But you're so photogenic, Marianne. And then uh, the third, the third thing you can hit while you're at the U.S. Botanic Garden is the orchid show uh-huh. uh, that they share with the Smithsonian Gardens. Uh, so in even years, it's at the U.S. Botanic Garden. In odd years, it's at the Smithsonian at one of their museums. So this year, it's back at U.S. Botanic Garden. And it's looking fabulous. It'll be going on for at least 10 to 12 weeks, I believe, through April. And they do switch out the orchids. So if, say, you go now, um, in three to four weeks, you could visit again and you might see different oh, orchids very being cool. highlighted. As you have your finger the on the veritable pulse of this area, don't you, Kathy? You, I'm like, you are insane. Sur- I am a little country mouse getting. <laughs> We'll come down. Um, oh, that and, sounds good. And we'll go to the U.S. Botanic Garden together sometime, Marianne. Yay. So thank you, Marianne. Say your uh, blog and and your book title. My website is all. smalltowngardener.com. And my book is Big Dreams, Small Garden, which is perfect for this time of year as you're getting in front of that huge expanse, whether it's 6,000 square feet or 60 and going, what should I do? I have no clue. Um, so uh, that is there. You can follow me on Instagram and see things like me chasing my chickens. Actually, I don't do video too much. <laughs> All right. And that was a pleasure. <laughs> and thank you, Miriam, for joining me today. And 
I was going to say on her book, um, what it basically yeah, is, is a breaking it, down of projects, correct? So you're talking about not taking on too much of the time. That's and right. It's like, if you think about it, it's sort of like a self-help book for gardeners with, a, with lots of tips and advice. And it, it breaks down the mm-hmm. process into visualizing it and then achieving it and maintaining it, which nobody ever talks about. Uh, and... <laughs> well, they, they talk about it later, point. but they don't tend to talk about it in the, the ma- books. The maintenance, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say they'll... Mm-hmm. You got to sell they, the dream. They, and I, well, and I like to, to think that dream. I'm selling the dream but with a, a, a realistic yeah. idea of what that dream is so that you don't make yourself neurotic mm-hmm. and end up in a mental institution in your 30s. I mean, who wants to do that? So better than you. <laughs> They're actually, well, exactly. I was not because say, you and I are stressed out over right these now, huge problems um... we've created. <laughs> So if I just read my own darn book, you know, 20 years ago, oh, well. Mm-hmm. So it's the book that do you, know you would have I wished do? you had read uh, back then. <laughs> I do, actually. Um, mm-hmm. It would it would have been helpful. It's like a I'm okay, you're okay for the gardener. Exactly. <laughs> Fabulous. All right. All right. Yes. So we're going to end there because we're all and okay. plunge into spring. Take a deep breath smell some and punch in the spring and visit me at washingtongardener.com um in our march issue of washington gardener which is coming out in a week or so we're going to have a wonderful list of tasks for what to do in the garden but i want you all to take one or two of those to tackle and don't feel like that list is some type of onerous um good for for you kathy your head (laughs) that's me Yes, it's a merely a list of suggestions That's right. and what you can be doing in the garden at that point. So in every issue, we have that task list. We have a list of local gardening events. We have plant profiles and profiles of fun people fun and like cynical. Mary Wilburn. So um, <laughs> join me. Yes. <laughs> so join me for our next podcast, um, which I am not going to commit to a regular um posting schedule i'm going to post as fun things like the philadelphia flower show happen so it'll be more seasonal in that right now there's going to be a ton of posts probably in the next coming months and then there might be a dry period and then there might be a whole slew of more posts in the fall bye kathy so thank you all for listening (laughs) my pleasure and thank you happy gardening everyone You can find Washington Gardener online at WashingtonGardener.com, on Twitter at WDC Gardener, on Instagram at WDC Gardener, and on Facebook.com at Washington Gardener Magazine.